Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Are you ready? Let's get ready to ramp up your sales. And now the man you've been waiting for. He is the real thriller in Manila. The undisputed, undefeated, reigning, defending, pound for pound, heavyweight, John, the sales machine, Rankins! Welcome to another edition of the Sales Machine. We got the Steve Jobs of Wisdom here today. And I don't say that lightly because... You know, there's very few people in the world that can think strategically, tactically, and implement at the highest level. He's a high net worth coach. He coaches CEOs from all over the world. He works in actuality with some of the biggest companies in the world, like Rolls-Royce, Procter & Gamble. He's worked with Siemens. He's worked with Lego, Nike, bringing out high-level performance. And most of people or companies or organization, they can get lost in the fold or get stuck in what's called a crazy eight in psychology. And because Mao Kani is like having Buddha and, and Shang Tzu in the same individual to help you not only scale your business and actually provide opportunity to your people, but to make sure that your feet remain on the ground. Because a lot of organizations fail because they fail to take their actual enlightenment and their purpose to the next level for how they're helping others. And he is helping CEOs from all over the world. Backstory, I actually met Vikas in Los Angeles and I watched him come out on stage in front of over a thousand people. And there were several speakers that day and hands down. He stopped the show. So it's very rare when you have someone who can touch your heart. And it's even more rare when you can have somebody touch your soul. And Vikas does that at the highest level, transforming not only CEOs, but organizations from around the world. He is hands down probably the wisest guy I've ever met for actually transforming individuals and organizations to build sustainable, scalable futures. And I had the opportunity to travel around the world. Uh, and in actuality, we actually created programs together to empower people all over the world called Wealth Wisdom Winning. But this guy has owned his own business that has thrived for more than 20 years. He is the founder of Soul Center in Singapore, and he takes it to an even higher level by creating what he calls Soul Kids and does workshops and retreats for them as well as the CEOs so that the next generation can also transform. He's multi-best-selling author. We have you know, incorporated the wealth, wisdom, winning, have it all is his saying because he believes it's not just about making money that allows you to be successful, but actually being centered and focused on making a bigger difference, not only for yourself, but for others. I have a lot of things here. Sally, this is a shout out to you, golden girl. He's married to an unbelievably beautiful woman. And she's awesome. She's a rock star. 
and he's all about having it all so that you can create it all in your business. And here at the sales machine, the whole focus is for you to build a sustainable sales machine for your business, but to do it in a way that can be generational wealth for you. So welcome to the podcast, Vikas Malkani. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. That was an awesome, awesome introduction, just as I always expect you to be. You're an awesome individual. You're fantastic. Uh, you know, at the work that you do, the business you have built, the people that you meet and transform. So thank you very much. It's my honor to be on your podcast. Okay, great. So today I want to get right into it. It's about building a sales machine for individual businesses around the world. And what we talk about here is the psychology, methodology, and technology to build structure, systems, and strategies for people's businesses. And we want only people that are real, relevant, and creating results right now. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing and how you're working with CEOs to transform their business. Very good, John. So I think the first thing that everyone needs to understand is that no matter what role we play, whether we are a corporate professional, we are an entrepreneur, we are a business owner, uh, we are the CEO of, of a leading billion-dollar multi-brand uh, conglomerate, it does not matter who we are. Everything we do in our life, in our company, in our work, in our relationship actually begins with our mindset. It's about how we think. It's about how we look at the world, the perspective that we carry, the way we look at the world and the possibilities it offers us. So mindset is the beginning of all the results that we create in our life. Now, psychology is a good term to use because we are talking about psychology, methodology, and technology coming together so that you can create the results that can impact the world and the people that you can touch. So the mindset is step one. Mindset is mission critical. Whether you're a CEO, you're a corporate professional, or you're just starting out in your career. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, because let me tell you, business is the best business school you can go to. All right? It's not the business school. It's actually jumping in and doing the business. And you know that, John. You have done this. I've done this. We started our own businesses from scratch and we built them up into big numbers. Now, the important thing to understand is that mindset is what makes a person successful because everything else we do, the systems we run, the technology we implement, everything else comes after the mindset. So the psychology that we bring to our life every day is mission critical. Mindset is mission critical and that's what I help leading CEOs, companies, entrepreneurs, business owners, to develop. Now, mindset is something that is created. Here's a secret for everyone who's listening. We are born with a mind. We are not born with a mindset. This is very important to understand. When we are born, we are simply born with a mind. The mindset is built up after we are born. And that means it can be changed. Your mindset is malleable. So only if you understand this, are you in a position to be able to think bigger and better and braver bolder. Only when you understand that you can actually change your psychology, that you can change your mindset, will you be willing to expand it and elevate it and empower it to the next level. And this is what I help leading CEOs, business owners to do. One aspect is to make sure that you can grow your mindset, think bigger, think better. But another aspect is to always stay grounded. 
because the danger with thinking bigger is we get carried away. And there are countless examples of companies, celebrities, people who are champions in their craft, in their sport, in their business. And these people have gone off the ground and then they have a hard landing, they crash land. So what we want to do is we want to help people to grow and fly in the sky, you know, metaphorically to fly in the sky, but also to have deep roots in the ground which they stand on. And that is my art, that is my skill, that is my gift. That's what I do with every person I meet. Okay, great. So th that's the psychology and I love that because, you know, I did a lot of work, whether it be on myself and my organization and training. So having that mindset and that's right psychology, because we're all triggered, right? No matter what, we have triggers, whether we act upon them or we don't, right? Really can determine whether or not we're successful in a moment or not. And recently there was a black swan event. I don't know if it affected you. I can tell you I pivoted in COVID was the event, but I immediately pivoted and I looked for what we can do. In the, and I had the mindset, this is happening for me, not to me. So how can we maximize that? So we went into a way of being to actually add value. But then for me, it's one thing to, to be aware of it, right? It's another thing to implement it. And a lot of people get stuck in what I call the crazy eight, right? So whether or not they have a blind spot or not, and we all have blind spots. I mean, I have blind spots and that's why I look and, and I work with you. You know, you help me a lot with what are those blind spots that could potentially be holding me back so that, you know, I can move forward. So will you talk a little bit about that? and having blind spots and what is the methodology you use working with high level CEOs and corporations so that they can break out that crazy eight because you know I study a lot and for me Ray Dalio and Blair Singer he calls it an ascension model and then there's the dissension but that's essentially sticking into a crazy eight whereas Ray Dalio talks about the ultimate success loop because and, and he doesn't go deep into it, but a lot of the times when organizations are trying to build, there's always going to be challenges as entrepreneurs, the marketplace changes, everything changes. It's guaranteed, right? The one thing in life that is guaranteed is change. So, you know, a lot of people talk about a breakdown, right? When you, there's always a time to learn. And a lot of times people break down and then they have a breakthrough and they, they get some gains, but really, unfortunately, not many people break out. <laughs> and that's the difference, I think, that builds a successful entrepreneur, but they don't know the how. They don't have that methodology. So can you go into what you do with CEOs with the methodology that separates you, what you do, and I know what you do, that can help people right now? Okay, excellent. I think that's a wonderful question, John. Let's talk. Let's start by talking about the blind spots that you mentioned. Now, no matter who you are, who we are, as we grow, we are being conditioned or programmed or trained by the environment that we are in. So the environment that we grow in is a critical factor in who we become or what we become. But it's not just the environment. It's also the people around us. So if we grow up with a set of parents, let's say, who have a lot of fears, financial fears or fears about life or growth, or they are people who are just driven towards comfort and stability, 
then we imbibe that as children into our psychology. Without knowing it unconsciously, it becomes our psychology. It becomes our mindset. And because it is unconscious, we become victims of it, which means it's a program running in the background. We are in this sort of matrix and we don't even realize it. So we become products of our environment and the people who influence us as we grow. Now, as we start living life and as we start to experience events, we also have emotions attached to those events. So as a child grows up into young adulthood and then adulthood and comes out into the professional world, the corporate careers, the business success, the material wealth, that child is also having experiences through relationships, through events, through experiences. That child is having emotions that they feel. And when an intense emotion is felt, it also conditions our psychology. In other words, we are products. Every human being is a product of their own conditioning, of their own psychology. And we, in a way, we become victims of it. And that's where the blind spots come. Because it is in the unconscious, it is in the background, we often cannot see what is holding us back. Now, there's this beautiful story I tell, and I want to give you the shorter version of it. And it's the story about an ancient, wise, enlightened master. And he's on a journey from one village to another in olden times. And as he's going from one village to another, you know, it becomes night and he needs to take some rest. He needs to sleep. So he comes to a village and he goes to a, the first house he sees and he knocks on the door and uh, they open it. It's a man and a wife there and they open the door and they see it's a master. He's wearing these orange robes and everything. So with respect, they invite him in. And he says, look, all I need is a place to sleep. And uh, I'm traveling with an with a assistant. So there's two of us. Can you give us some space to sleep? And they say, oh, we would love to, but uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough space here. You know, we are, we are poor people. We have only a small hut. It's me, my wife. I have a child. I have a dog. So we really don't have much space. So we are very sorry. But listen, before you go, if you don't mind, you can come to the cow shed behind the house, behind our house, and you can sleep there. So the master says, you have a cow shed. He says, yeah. So they walk over to the cow shed and the master, this enlightened teacher, is astonished. Because he sees that the cow shed is even bigger this, than this man's house, you know. And there's one cow there, John. One cow. There's a lot of space there. So the master asks this man, he says, why do you have such a big cow shed? You have one cow. And the man says, because this cow is, is my sacred cow. You know, she gives us milk. She gives us butter because we take the milk, make it into butter. I use her to sow my crops. I use her to harvest my crops. She's everything for us. And if we don't have her, we'll have nothing. And that's why I need to give her the space because she needs to walk around. She needs to have that sense of, you know, movement and uh, she needs a hay. So this space is for her. I can't take or use the space. So the master says, all right, they sleep there the night. The next morning they leave after saying thanks. But as they're leaving the village, the master stops his student and he says, wait here for me. I forgot something back in the, in the home. So the master walks back alone. The student waits. The assistant waits. And after a little while, this master comes back, but now he's in a hurry. And he tells his student, come on, let's go, let's go quickly. So both the teacher, the master and the student, they walk away. On the way out of this village, the student asks the master, what did you forget? Why did you go back? And the master says, look, actually, I forgot nothing, but I went back for a very important thing. I've killed his cow. And immediately, the student is shocked. Like my teacher, my enlightened master went back and killed this man's cow, the cow that he loved, the only cow he had. And the master says, yes, I killed that cow. 
come on, let's go. He doesn't explain anymore. Now the student cannot figure this out. Why did my master kill the cow? Now many years pass. And once again, this same teacher, the master and his student are walking and they're near that same village. So the master tells his student, let's go back and visit that man. And now the student suddenly remembers and gets scared. He remembers that we killed the cow. The master killed the cow. And if we go back to that man, he's going to attack us. He'll want to murder us. But anyway, it's the master's instruction. So they go back to that same location where the hut was. But this time they don't see the hut there. They see a massive house there. So they think, okay, maybe the man moved out and this is some new owner. But when they knock on the door, the door is opened by the same man, by the same man. And instead of being angry, he's excited to see the master and he invites the master in. Please, master, come in, come in, come in. And as the master walks in and sits down, he sees that this man has built himself a palatial house. The student is shocked. How can this happen? So the master asks the man, is this your house? How did you do this? And the, the, the man replies, the owner of the house replies, he says, you know, last time you came to my house, something tragedy, a tragedy happened, a tragic event happened. After you left, some miscreants entered the cow shed and killed the cow. And so I was completely distraught. I was in sorrow. I was in shock. I did not know what to do. I thought my life is ended. But after two or three days of depression, I had to think differently. And I began to think that now that I don't have my cow, how do I live my life? How do I earn money? So you know what I decided to do? I decided to take that cow shed and make it into a bigger home for myself. But I needed money for that. I had no money. So you remember the fields I talked about where I used to take my cow to sow the crops? I now had no cow to sow any crops. So I went to the village and I asked the villagers to come and use my field. So they would use sections of my field and they would grow crops. And out of the crops they would grow, they would give me 10%. So over a period of six months, I began to get a lot of food for myself, much more than I needed. Then I took this food to the market and I sold it and I had more money than I needed. So I took the money, I hired workers and laborers and they came in and they built my house. So now I have a floor for me, my wife and my son. And my son has his own room and my dog you know, has space. And then we have two floors free. So I give it on rent. So I have a field now, which is being utilized by the villagers. They pay me a commission. I take that crops that they give me as commission. I sell that I have money. Plus I have rental money here. I'm doing less work and making more money. And all because somebody killed my cow. And when they killed my cow, I thought it was a sad event. But then I realized that a man of wisdom had come into my house that day. And this sad event could not be a sad event. It must be a good event. And that's what changed my life. So thank you very much. And he gives him a big hug. When they leave the house, the master looks at his assistant and he says, now do you realize why I killed his cow? Because his cow was the one element stopping him from making his life bigger and happier and better. And John, I'm telling you this story and the participants, the audience, this story, because we all have this sacred cow. We all have a cow, which is our blind spot. It's our limiting belief. It's a belief which says you cannot go bigger than this. It's a belief which says you cannot do this or you cannot do it this way. It's a belief which says you cannot be this person. You cannot have this solution. Any limiting belief is a blind spot and we all have them. So what I do is I help people to find their sacred cows and rise above that. I don't kill the cows. I'm not that kind of a teacher, but I help all my clients, all the people that I work with in businesses, 
in their own uh, professions, in their own lives, in their own relationships to find that holy cow and to rise above it. So we have to understand what our blind spots are. And often it takes somebody external to show it to us. This is the power of mentors and coaches. That's the work I perform. I'm a mentor and a coach for these high net worth individuals, for these high impact individuals. Because often it takes somebody else to tell you what you're doing wrong. Let me give you an analogy. There's a player, let's say it's even a championship player. There's, you know, Messi or now the Beckham movies come out. Beckham's back in fashion. So let's talk about uh, David Beckham. So let's say that there's a star player, a championship player. He's very good at his game and he's playing the game on the field. But while he's playing on the field, he cannot see the mistakes he's making. Now, there's somebody standing outside and that's his coach. The coach can see what he's doing, what he did wrong, what he should have done, what he didn't do. And often when he comes off the field, the coach can tell him the mistakes he made. And this is the power of an external perspective. This is the power of mentoring and coaching. A coach, a good mentor, can see the mistakes you're making, the blind spots you have, and guide you to rise above them. That's one of the jobs that I do. Yeah, and that's an amazing thing that you do. And a lot of people see things as like, Oh, those things are woo-woo or those things are like esoteric. They, they're not really relevant to running a business today and or they don't really apply to our organization, right? Or they get caught up in what I see more and more. I have my own psychology about, you know, the world and what's going on because most of the world are followers and they are comfortable. and. I know that the enemy of success is comfort, right? And so I've got no interest in being comfortable because I know, you know, you grow or you die. And so my psychology and philosophy is to constantly be looking for ways that I can grow. And so I want to know, because this podcast is also about not just building a sales machine for your business, but a sustainable one especially because the people who make the biggest difference in the world is not governments. It's entrepreneurs, it's businesses. So what has been your actual experience working with Rolls-Royce or Lego, Siemens, multi-billion dollar organizations? What has been your experience seeing blind spots of organizations, like billion dollar organizations? And, and what is your approach to actually getting them out of breaking out. Earlier, I talked about breaking out, not just having a breakthrough, but breaking out of that to scale because Lego is a perfect example of that because they were never a billion dollar company. I mean, they rebranded, they did a lot of things, but they were living in a lot of limiting beliefs before. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Let's talk about three different aspects that we mentioned earlier the psychology, the methodology, and the technology, right, of any company or any individual. Now, the technology, John, is what we use to connect with the world. It's our client-facing method, all right? The technology is how we reach out. Now, you know, you have, I know that you have developed a wonderful program called the Sales Machine, right? And uh, that program is the technology that companies need to be able to go out and take their sales to the next level, no matter what the product is. 
you know, your software and your systems behind that software can take people to the next level, take companies to the next level, take their sales and their results and their impact to the next level. Now, so the technology that any company uses is how they connect with the world, connect with their clients, connect with the people. So it's forward facing. Now let's look at the methodology. The methodology is all about the systems and the structure beneath that technology. So the methodology is very much about the SOPs that any company adopts. It's about the processes. It's about the KPIs. It's about what they want to accomplish today, this week, this month, this quarter. And companies do a lot of tracking. Every big company, every successful company will do a lot of tracking. And every individual should do the same. So the methodology also can be made more efficient. It can be leveraged to create better results. So technology is how we connect with the world, take our product, our service to the market. But below that is the methodology, the systems, the structure. But what is below the systems and the structure? It is the psychology. In other words, the psychology is all about the people who run the company, the leader of this team, the leader of this division, the CEO of this region. Now, for example, I worked with the CEO of Lego for all of Asia Pac, and he was a client of mine. I was his mentor for two years. And even at that high level where such people have been very, very successful. I mean, he, you know, Lego is a multi-billion dollar company. And even at this level where people are managing and leading 10,000 plus people, even then their own mindset is under attack every day. Because when you're running a region as big as the Asia Pac, Asia Pacific region, you're going to have problems in, let's say, Philippines. And then you might have some other issue in Korea and you might have another issue in Singapore and they might happen at the same time or, you know, subsequently. So how do you manage all this? Because you're at the top of the pyramid and the buck stops with you. So the psychology that humans carry, whether it's in a company, whether it's in the CEO role, it is super important. And that is where I come in and I help the leaders. I help the team leaders, leadership teams, or it's the C-suite, the CEOs, the CEO, the CFO. I help them to think clearly. And here's another thing that we all need to understand. Whenever stress comes upon us, and especially in business and entrepreneurship, that's a daily occurrence. Whenever stress comes upon us, our mind loses the ability to think clearly. You know, this is scientific fact. This is not anything esoteric. It's not anything ancient. I mean, the ancient teachers knew about this. But today, modern scientists are talking about this, John. You know, today, mental health has become a big, big issue all around the world. And governments are waking up to this. Companies are waking up to this. It's interesting to note that some of the leading companies like Facebook, like uh, Amazon, like Microsoft, like uh, Google, all of these companies believe in the power of mindfulness and meditation. They have rooms where people can go and meditate. And I've, I've done some of the programs for them. And I've seen yeah, these rooms. I, I, I went to Facebook and private invitation. I went to Facebook. And in actuality, it's a part of culture of the biggest companies in the world now. What you do. Yeah. And why is that? Because they realize that when a person is under stress, it impacts their productivity. And of course, why does it impact their productivity? Because number one, their capability decreases. You see, under stress, we don't perform better. We perform less than what we can do, not more than what we can do. We don't stretch, we shrink. So under stress, and stress is a reality. So, you know, it's a fantasy to believe that I will run a business, I will have a job, I will be an entrepreneur, I'll start any business 
without stress. It's a fantasy. Give that up. Let me tell you, if you're alive, you will have stress. So when you have stress, what do you do? How do you manage it? And not just manage it. Manage it is where you start. But after you manage it, how do you master it? Mastering stress is all about taking what the world throws at you, taking the problems and making something good out of that. And lots of companies and people have done that. You know, so the stress element is a very, very big element that is impacting the leadership teams and the people at the top today. Often when we look at these companies, when we look at the top level people, the high net worth or the high management people, high impact people, we feel their life is great. We feel, oh, you know, everything is just perfect for them. They are traveling in the best cars. They're flying first class, business class. They have private jets. You know, life is great. But let me tell you, every human being has problems. Big people just have bigger problems. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) So, you know, how do we manage that stress is a big part of my work. And why do we need to manage it? Because when people are under stress, they cannot see clearly. They cannot see clearly. So I come in at the psychology level. I work with the people who create the systems, who create the SOPs, who decide the methodology for their company, because it is the methodology which then selects the technology and working with that together, they create the results of the company. So when I was working, for example, coming back, to the CEO of uh, Lego Asia Pack, I was working with him on his mindset and I helped him to see many limiting beliefs that he had, which were unconscious about what was possible and what was not in his business, in his role, in his future career. And he was able to see that and make the changes accordingly. And then of course, when you change what you do, you change what you see, you change the result. When you change the action, you change the result. So that's how it works. It works on a very granular level. But I also do this not just for individuals. I also do it for groups and teams, John. And you do it for kids, right? Like yes, Vanessa, my partner, talked to you earlier about, you know, uh, Soul Kids Singapore. And I love that you and Sally have taken it to an entirely different level because we want to send Sky to Soul Kids Singapore. I mean, I've got, I've had the honor of working with you directly. and even in masterminds, help, you know, assisting you and working with you to actually create that community. And we did, right? Created some magic together, my my friend. We created some great uh, results together. We changed people's lives and businesses. That was magic. You, you talk about mental health. I mean, we worked with, you know, workplace mental health. We worked with all these big institutions as well as individuals. And when I was putting this podcast together and actually building the software, a lot of people questioned me, like, why do you want to get into the software business? And I explained to them, I never really did want to get into the software business. I had no interest in being a software company at the time. The truth is I had lots of problems. I was under a lot of stress because, you know, because I've managed thousands of salespeople all over Southeast Asia, right? In all different industries from real estate to advertising, now software, skincare, car care, all of these different industries and under the umbrella of one organization. And I was stressed. First and foremost, I was stressed. Even when I met you and we started working together, you know, I was going through different challenges in my life. And I always go back to understanding that everything is happening for me, not to me. And uh, like you said, you know, take lemons, make lemonade, right? Because they're going to make us better. And I remember when I started 
to develop the software. I went to Salesforce and I went to HubSpot and actually used it for a while. And then I went to others and I said, look, this is my problem. There's no way I can manage, track and measure, align and reward all of these people on a consistent basis. I'm only one man and I have, you know, senior sales directors. I have VPs. I have divisional managers. It's just too much work and I'm falling behind and I felt like a failure, right? And so I started to connect all these dots and I really started to understand and I've done a lot of work on my psychology and I learned a lot about psychology from you and the methodology, how to drive performance in people because there are triggers, there are blind spots and I knew I had mine. And when I started talking to software engineers and people, about, okay, this is what we've got to build with the psychology methodology into technology that's going to drive performance, help people scale their business so everybody knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Their minds were blown. They're like, what are you talking about? And it, when I was talking to these other companies, like, you know, these other software companies, they're like, well, we don't do that. Like, we can track your leads or your contacts or your pipeline, but there's no way to incorporate what you're talking about psychology. I'm like, sure there is. You just throw in rewards, recognition, competition, compensation. You trigger with levels of development and learning and training so that your people know that. And so that my people know that. That's what I need. If you can give me that, I can scale globally. And, you know, guess what? I can also get some sleep. <laughs> Right? <laughs> They're like, no, no. So anyway, I want to thank you because on my journey, because the sales machine incorporates what you're saying. Even I was doing the podcast trailer and I, I have this whole podcast team to put it together because for me, I want companies to be able to understand that they can have a sales machine for their business. And that life doesn't have to be so difficult. Like you said, start with this underlying everything. The foundation is really the psychology of the leader. And when that's put into the methodology of helping people and a technology so you can automate it, it goes back to one of my dear mentors who passed away. His name's Chet Holmes, right? Who wrote the ultimate sales machine. Bottom line is if you want your success to be automatic, then you need to be scientific. And this is where I see you, how you've separated yourself from everybody else in the market as far as helping companies scale because you use the wisdom of science and uh, all this new discovery about workplace mental health, about uh, how the performance of any organization is affected by the psychology and the methodology. No one has put these pieces together or helped me connect the dots even more. And so a lot of the teams or even outside companies think I've lost the plot because <laughs> I built this into technology, right? But it's exactly what you're saying. No, I think you've done, uh, you've done some great work, John. And you know, many of the great inventions and many of the great products and services of the world have been born out of problems. So you faced a problem 
and you took that problem and you decided to solve it for yourself. Now, amazingly, because you had this problem, there were also millions of people around the world who had the same problem. They just didn't know how to solve it. And you became the person who solved it. And I know your software. I know the platform that you have created. It's a phenomenal platform. It can do amazing things for companies. And believe me, there are people out there. There are companies out there. There are big, big corporations out there who need that software. And once they get it, they'll never leave it. But the challenge is in how to get them to see this is the solution. Now, you know, you talked about the Black Swan event, and I've been talking about this because we're going to have a few of these, by the way. We had one in 20, 2019, 2020. You know, we had one in 2019, 2020, which was COVID. It came out of nowhere and, you know, it hit the world and it impacted the whole world. But believe me, we are going through another one just now. I talked about this just two months ago and then it recently happened. And that's the war in, uh, you know, Israel and Gaza, right? The Gaza war. And uh, for the potential of that to spread and to escalate is very high. Uh, I hope it doesn't. We pray it doesn't, because if it does, it's going to impact the whole world. And that's a Black Swan event. Now, when COVID happened, you see, again, what does a Black Swan event do? It puts people and companies under stress. And we can't think clearly. We get confused. We don't see the light. We go into this dark space. And that's why COVID created a lot of mental health challenges and breakups of relationships. But what we did is we actually pivoted and we moved very fast and we put all of our work online. So a lot of my programs, which I actually teach to groups, are now available online. And because they became available online, programs like, you know, how to get high net worth clients, programs like, you know, the seven laws of abundance. And I have a whole program which is training people now to become coaches because I believe that the world is moving to a more negative psychology. I believe that there is now more uh, thoughts and uh, uh, psychology of conflict and chaos and fighting. And in that dark space, we need the light. We need the wisdom. We need the clear understanding. And so I created a whole program on how to become a life wisdom coach, which is my unique method. And people all over the world have been doing it. And I put all of these programs online. Today, we are more successful than what we were before COVID. And today we are doing it online. So it's accessible to more people around the world. And they have a same problem. Now they're finding a solution, John. Now, here's what I say. Whenever a company faces a problem, whenever there is a challenge, a stress upon us, whenever things are not working out, that is an, that is an indication of success. Now, listen, this is contrarian thinking. You know, most people don't get it that when we are in a problem, that's an indication of success. I say a problem is you knocking on the door of success, but the door has to be open. A problem, a challenge is you knocking on the doors of success. But the door has yet to be opened. And how is the door going to be opened? It's going to be opened with a solution. You have to find a solution to your problem. Now you open the door to success. That's exactly what you did. When you created your platform, the sales machine, you did that. You had a problem. You found a solution. The door opened. And now success is yours for the taking. And this is what we did. This is what I also talk about when I coach companies, whether it's Rolls Royce or I coach celebrities, whether it's Sharon Stone. You know, I've worked with many, many people around the world, individuals as well as corporations. And this is the one thing I always tell them. You know, when we are facing a problem, we have to change our mindset. That's why psychology is always step one. Mindset is mission critical. The mindset must not be I'm facing a problem. The mindset must be I'm standing on the doors of success, knocking. 
I have to get this door open. I have to find a solution. You're one of a kind because you're one of a kind. It's really an honor to have not only worked with you, but uh, traveled the world with you and uh, learned from you and watched what you do. I also know that you, you've even worked for royalty or with, not for, but with royalty or members of the royal family. Now I know that earlier I found out because Vanessa, my researcher, said that you're actually doing high-level retreats a couple a year. And I know you limit that because obviously you make time for your own company and you're very protective of your time and space. But can you tell us about some of the CEO retreats or the high-level retreats that you've been doing and how can people actually be a part of that? Yes. So um, every year, John, we do two masterminds. We call them uh, wisdom retreats because the idea here is that you retreat. You see, we want to retreat. We want to step back from our active life, from our business life. So we take two or three days and we invite people to come and join us in a beautiful place because I believe the environment is critical for our growth. It's like you plant a seed in a soil that's not fertile, it doesn't grow. It doesn't matter how good the seed is. If the soil is not fertile, it will not grow, right? But if you take a seed and the seed is good and you plant it in soil that is fertile, it will grow very fast. So the environment that we pick usually is a very beautiful spot. Like we do one of our retreats in the Lake District in the United Kingdom, which is a World Heritage Site, you know, it's a, it's a one of the most beautiful places on the planet in terms of nature. You have mountains, you have lakes, you just have beauty, you know. So we, we hire one of the hotels there and we invite people to come, business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, anyone who wants to take their life to the next level of not just success, but happiness and success and fulfillment and freedom. And we invite them to come away and be with us and the group of people and actually do a deep dive into their own life. So we want to align with what they want to be, then we want to refine the systems, and then we want to put that into action. So it's a three days where they come away, or two days sometimes when they come away from the rest of their life, and I am there to work with them personally. I coach them, and I mentor them, and I give them systems and strategies that work to take their life to the next level of happiness and success. It's a life-changing event for many people. And, uh, you know, we started this about seven years ago. We had to take a break for two years because of COVID, because we, people couldn't travel. But every year that we have done it, it has grown. And I try to limit it. I don't want to work with hundreds of people. We try to keep it to a maximum of 25 people because I give attention to each individual who comes there. It's a great opportunity. And people come there and they transform. They change. They go back. They change their relationships. They change their businesses. They change themselves. So... We have people who have been coming from the first year we started and they come every year. The next one we are doing is in July next year and it's actually already sold out, almost sold out. I think we have only a couple of spaces free. It's in July 2024 and right now we are just in, uh, what, uh, not even at the end of uh, end of 23 and we are almost sold out. So yeah, it's a great opportunity for people uh, who want to take their life and their relationships and their business to the next level to come and be working with me. Okay, folks. So, you know, you, you got to reach out. Where can people find you, Vikas? Because, you know, you're like a secret gym that, you know, 
not many people, unless they're at the highest level, have been able to access you. So where can people find you now that you've already created online programs so they're available to everyone? Where can people find you so that they can take advantage of using that wisdom for the psychology, methodology, and technology to scale their business? Okay. Thank you, John. So I'm, uh, of course, available on LinkedIn. People can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also available on Facebook under my name, Vikas Malkani. You can recognize my face and you'll see that there. I'm also now available, of course, on YouTube and uh, I'm on TikTok. For those countries which have TikTok, you can watch my wisdom and my video sessions there almost every day. And uh, many of my videos on TikTok have gone viral, received uh, half a million views a video in two days. So um, that's where I'm available. If you want to connect with me on email, it's very simple. My name, Vikas, V-I-K-A-S, at Soul Center. That's S-O-U-L, center in the British spelling, C-E-N-T-R-E dot org organization. So that's me, Vikas at soulcenter.org. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or just drop me an email and then we can connect and I can uh, take your life forward to the next level together. Awesome, Vikas. Thank you so much for being a part of the Sales Machine Podcast. It's ultimately what we want to do is help people. I know you do. You're real, you're relevant, and you're creating real results right now. So thank you very much. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for joining me today. And if you got value from this episode, do me a favor. Like, subscribe, and refer a friend. And if you want even more value, go to thesalesmachine.com. Click on resources, and there's tons of resources there to increase profits and drive performance in your business. Right on, right on, come on.